Art of the Kickstart, episode 65. Welcome to the theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Today's Art of the Kickstart podcast is brought to you guys by eFulfillmentService.com, the company that actually has experience helping crowdfunders make it happen. Guys, one of the questions that I've been getting a ton from listeners is how do I know if my Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to launch? It's ready to dominate. So you know what? I created a 23-step success guide based off the 80 inventor interviews consulting that I've done. This will take you step-by-step through launching your Kickstarter campaign, making sure you have everything that you need to make it happen. Artofthekickstart.com slash checklist to get our 23-step guide to making sure you're ready to kill it on Kickstarter. Check it out, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm super excited to have Leif Chastain, founder over at Catch Lightbox Company, on the line today to share the story of really wearable tech and creating a first-person masterpiece when it comes to digital photography. Thanks so much for coming today, Leif. Hey, appreciate it. Glad to be on. I'm glad that you're on here as well. We're finally getting this to work. We've had technical problems. We've had this, that, and the other, but we got you now. And I need a life quote, something to pump people up, something you live by, others can really learn from. Do you got anything good? I wish I had something good. Uh, I'm kind of a Maybe maybe more blue collar. Uh, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Absolutely. I don't know who said it, but it's a great quote. You just got to put your effort in, put your heart into it. And you guys are putting your heart into this. So you had a Kickstarter campaign fund a little bit less than a month ago for just about a quarter of a million dollars. That's awesome. It also means you're busy up to your brains right now. But first, let's start back at the beginning. Take us through catch. Take us through what you guys were doing. You know, really, we were we had an opportunity to uh, to launch the company, and as we you know we got together and we're thinking about um, what we wanted to do next, and we were spending a lot of time you know thinking about the space that we were coming out of the Internet of Things space and wireless sensors, and you know really had a strong background in that, and we were thinking about where technology was headed and things that were exciting and interesting to us. And it really led us into this, you know, conversation about, geez, what if we were to, you know, what if we were to reinvent a camera? What would it be? You know, how would it work today? And, you know, really exploring that idea is what led us into, is really what led us to to Lightbox, to, you know, a wearable connected camera that, you know, our users would be able to use in a social manner where they could shoot, share instantly, changing the way that uh, people communicate. So this seems like the exact opposite of a lot of the entrepreneur stories we got on here. A lot of inventors are like, gosh, I had this problem and I couldn't tie my shoes, so I made better shoelaces or something like that. But you you took the opposite approach. We're going to found a business and we're going to put a couple of smart guys in the room and just think about things that would be awesome to do. What would you advocate? I think that, um, you know, looking at... Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of ways to come at business, right? There's a lot of ways to create new ideas, and there's a lot of ways to come up with good ideas. Solving practical problems is, a, you know, obviously, that's a time and a time-tested approach to uh, coming up with good business models. And I think that in our case, it, it you know, looking at what we wanted to do is was also driven a little bit. You know, one of our founders, uh, Rome Eisenberg, our CEO, has a little boy, and you know, the really the initial sort of 
spark that got us pointed towards cameras was this this thought that he had of you know what if I could put a camera on on uh, you know his two year old toddler and see the world through his eyes that was kind of the spark that got us going down the path so you know I wouldn't say that we you know worked up the idea from the ground up but we definitely had uh, you know we had a variety of creative inputs into into getting us uh, you know, into that idea if you will uh, for creating a wearable camera. And it makes it so much more real for the other person. Like anyone out there that's played video games, they're FPS shooters. They're first-person shooters for a reason. You want to be able to feel what the other person's experiencing. And that's kind of what you guys are doing with Catch. How did you decide, once you kind of had this idea in your head, which direction you wanted to go with your prototyping, with your testing? Well, I think that, I think that the, one of the major elements that, that comes into play is, as you very astutely point out, is that the point of view, right, POV photography has really sort of burst onto the stage. And, and GoPro has really done a fantastic job, if you will, of, of you know, kind of showing the world uh, what it looks like. You know, you strap a camera to a guy's helmet and you get just some phenomenal footage when he jumps off. But there's amazing, in our view, is that there are that same point of view photography and the same approach to point of view is equally compelling when you're when you're talking about interpersonal relationships. You know, look the the media, the sharing of images between people is just exploding currently. Snapchat's just driving an amazing amount of growth in the number of images that are shared between people. Last year it was about 1.3 billion images were shared, and this year we'll, we're on track to double that. So people are using media more, more frequently, more spontaneously as a way to communicate and to share, you know, share what's happening in their daily lives. Gaming is a great example. I, we have had some conversations with folks who are involved with Twitch, and they think it's a great idea to be able to, you know, to be able to have a different point of view while they're playing, you know, gaming with uh, other people. And then gaming in the sense of actually using the camera as a, as a gateway, if you will, for the game itself, as a, you know, a visual integration point to the map, if you will, right? as a touch point for the game itself. So I think the possibilities of what can be done with this type of technology are endless, you know, but initially we really, you know, we really feel that point of view photography is something that people are already consuming in, in massive quantities. And there's a, there's a huge demand for, uh, for this type of photography. Yeah. And you guys, you mentioned it before. So GoPro, are they your ally? Are they your enemy. How do you view them and how are you guys different? We're definitely not GoPro. You know, GoPro is, uh, I think is their name. As their name implies, you know, they really are the, the action sports wearable device. And I think that, you know, we don't, we don't view them necessarily as a, as a direct competitor because we're not looking to build a camera that's, you know, intended for use during action sports. We want, I, I think I can probably sum it up concisely by saying that, you know, really our goal is to become the accessory to the iPhone, right? Something you grab every day when you head out, something that you wouldn't be conscious about wearing around town while you do a walkabout on a, on a tour or, uh, you know, at a conference to document the things that you see. So, you know, we're, we're really looking at completely different use cases and, and, uh, then, you know, then, then the GoPro crowd. And you mentioned Apple, you mentioned how you want this to work with the iPhone. First of all, the aesthetic's beautiful for anyone who hasn't checked it out, check out the campaign. You clearly have the Apple aesthetic going, but how do people actually use catch? Let's say I want to, I want to use it. Can I stream video? Can I take pictures? What's the kind of functionality that I get out of the device? Yeah, absolutely. So the, so the camera is a, it's a connected device. The camera has built-in wireless and Bluetooth. 
And the way that it works is that we've moved the control of the camera onto the phone itself. And I you know, mentioned iPhone, but Android as well. And we've moved the control onto the phone. And basically the way that it works is that you're able to capture media through the camera. It uploads automatically to the cloud through the phone. And then from there, we have built, in essence, a platform that allows you to both store and share the media that you're capturing and collecting. So that information, the way that we've developed the mobile application is that as you capture information, information, as you capture images and video and audio, we save that into a specific space that is your day that you can share with your friends and family. And then from there, you can push those out into uh, traditional social channels or actually into channels that are part of the application. So it operates basically as, you know, as a connected uh, social camera, if you will. And you're saying connected. You're talking about the day. That's almost reminding me of a social media-esque platform. Is that kind of what you're trying to do? Are you trying to create your own media platform? Or would you – I feel like you guys could get acquired personally. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, I think in some ways we are, really. I think um, we're not looking to – look, I don't think that uh, – I don't think that we're going to be the next Facebook. But as it pertains to what we're trying to do, a lot of the media pictures, video that are captured today are really used as sort of a documentation, right? You, you capture that media, you store it, you'll go back, you'll look at it, maybe you'll share that to your, to your Facebook account. We're really trying to sort of change that paradigm a little bit where it becomes you know, much more communication oriented. You can live stream from the camera so people can see you know, what's happening live. People can participate in your kid's birthday, for example, which is something that is not a social media platform type activity. So in that regard, yeah, you know, we are, in essence, developing a platform, you know, a social media platform. But I don't think overall that's the, that's the end game for us. So when you look at tech products like this, there's always a question when they come to Kickstarter. Why Kickstarter? Why not venture capital? What were your thought processes going for this? And how can other people think about it that are trying to make the similar decision? Well, I think that the one, one thing I'll say about Kickstarter is that it is a fantastic platform for being able to get access to market data. You know, as you, as you create these products and you go through the, the iterative process of doing the design and figuring out which features are important, you really don't know until the, you know, the prospective customers have an opportunity to take a look at it and tell you what they think. And I think in terms of Kickstarter, there's just tremendous value in getting that type of market validation from your future customers, right? They look at your product, they can see that, you know, they imagine how they would use it, and then they provide an amazing amount of feedback in terms of what features are important, what features aren't important. And I think from, from that perspective, you know, Kickstarter for a company like us is really invaluable because it just helps, it just helps you know, figure out exactly what we should be spending our time on, what features and functions are important. And, uh, you know, obviously, Kickstarter plays a tremendous role in terms of funding. So, you know, providing a a, uh, a source of funding to help build and, and move the company forward. But, you know, I think I would also, you know, say that uh, for the companies that do successful Kickstarters, it's a lot of work and, and you have to go in with in, into it with the intent that you're, you know, that you're going to uh, uh, dedicate your resources to making it a successful project and communicating and, and uh, being part of the community. Yeah, it is a lot of work. And you guys more than tripled your goal, which means you are absolutely boatloaded right now. What have been some of the challenges you guys have had? You know, I think, I think we face the same challenges all startups face. You know, we're a, we're a small team. Uh, we're covering a lot of bases and working very, very hard to get everything done quickly. You know, I think mobile technology is, 
is a great space and it's emerging. Yeah, just some of the nuanced element of putting together a product like this that's relying on Bluetooth technologies and support for you know low power battery settings. You know, we're really kind of living on the cutting edge, you if you will, of the chipsets and what's out there. So I think I you know my the main challenge I would say is is being able to you know, working through all of the challenges of figuring out how to put a product together like this that'll actually, you know, meet the the high objectives that we have for it. You know, that proves to be a challenge. For us in particular, we have another challenge, which is that we not only wanted to make product beautiful, we wanted to make it very small. And to make it very small, we're really packing an awful lot into a tiny little space. So we've spent a lot of engineering cycles optimizing our package, uh, figuring out how all of that's going to come together. And then I think the final you know, the final challenge I would say is that, you know, I'm just hoping some brilliant engineer comes up with a way of storing massive amounts of power in small little cubes of carbon or something. Yeah. <laughs> that is because, uh, yeah, you know, power is, uh, is always an issue and battery, you know, batteries are an issue. So, I, you know, I would say those are probably the, you know, some of the major uh, hurdles that we've been working over and working through. And, you know, of course, there's a million others, but because uh, there are a couple of them, ones that at least I'm. Um, I'm concerned with. Don't even forget you're going on Android and iPhone. You've got to cover both software platforms. Will yeah. developers be able to access Catch? Is this something that people will be able to develop apps for? Is your API going to be available? So this is something I'm very excited about. The answer is yes. So oh, wow. we are, yeah, so we we are going to release the uh, API for the camera. We're going to expose uh, we're going to uh, expose the uh, camera operations, access to the sensors, and a variety of things uh, to developers. And I really think this is important. The cameras, you know, Lightbox is a fantastic product, and and we certainly have our view on how that camera should be used, uh, and, and that's that's reflected in the in the design of our application and the way we've put it together in the use cases. But you know, with the, I, I think there's so much more that can be done with it that you know people can take our camera, they can build applications around it, and use it for completely different. Uh, Use cases. We've had a lot of interest in using it both in the industrial space for safety and for you know work processes, and as well as the consumer space for gaming and for you know vision-assisted applications, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's going to be really cool when you start getting in the hands of people, seeing what happens. Absolutely, looking forward to. It. I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, Leaf? Absolutely. If you're a solo founder or you're building a business on the side. You don't have that time that it takes to ship out all those Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign rewards to your backers. It just takes absolutely forever. If you want help with that, work with eFulfillmentService.com, the company that's sponsoring Art of the Kickstarter, that's helped campaign creators for way too long. They know what they're doing. They're great at helping small startups and e-commerce companies do what they need to do, get those products out to their backers, to their customers. Check them out, artofthekickstart.com slash EFS. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. Guys, I have an awesome update I want to tell you about. I asked you guys, what do you need? What's holding you back from crowdfunding success, from building the business you all wanted to build? Overwhelmingly, it was challenges with Kickstarter, launching campaigns, you guys wanted a step-by-step course walking you through exactly what it takes to succeed on Kickstarter. So that's what we're building. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart launch course. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash course, you can check out and pre-order the course that's going to take you through each and every single stage of running a successful Kickstarter campaign. 
This is based off of 80 inventor interviews, consulting with clients, and working so much more with crowdfunding. If you want a step-by-step guide to take you through exactly what it takes to succeed, this is for you. Pre-order today or just learn more at artofthekickstart.com slash course. So first question, Leaf. You guys are creating something amazing in the wearable space, and that's really starting to explode. Apple just announced their new smartwatch. There's this, that, and the other coming out of every major tech company. Where do you see 10 years, 20 years down the road wearables being? Is this going to be like Terminator? <laughs> I certainly hope it's not like Terminator. Look, I think that um, I think what people like are products that make their daily life better. People are concerned about their health. Being able to track your fitness, the number of steps you take, your pulse rate, those sorts of things add value to your life. Our product, right? You know, we're trying to help people never miss a moment. That They've got their camera always at the ready. They're not fishing around in their purse when uh, they really want to be snapping a shot, right? The products that, you know, I, I think the products that add value, uh, the products that, you know, truly actually enhance uh, lives are the ones that are going are gonna to bubble to the top and the ones that are going to survive. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, wearable tech and how far we're, we're really able to take it. Which have bubbled for the top for you? Have there been any Kickstarter campaigns that have really personally motivated you or your team and what you're doing? There have been a couple of Kickstarter campaigns, ours obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there there have been a couple of others that, that have bubbled to the top. I one thing that I'll say is that I think, you know, Kickstarter has not only technology and you know the the, the um, design. Yeah, I'm sorry, the design and the Kickstarter was looking for was looking for that word, but they've also got all of the art projects as well. And you know, I really think that I think that there's some amazing ones out there. There's a project out of Europe called Flywheel, I think is the name of the project. It's an electric assist wheel for bicycles that I think is really fantastic. And and there have been others. Obviously some of the big ones that have that have come through. I'll have to try to get Flywheel on the program. Hopefully get their story as well. And you're doing this, you've created something that is it's aesthetically beautiful. It's, this is an Apple esque product. What motivates you as a designer, as an entrepreneur? How do you really make something beautiful? It can be tough for people. I'm kind of lucky uh, in that uh, I have a co-founder who is, who's got a great eye for design. And so we've spent a lot of cycles. And, and I think there's, some, you know, there's a quote, I think, kind of a simple quote. Design is not what it looks like and feels like. Design is, what it, is how it works, right? And that was Steve Jobs. Really, uh, and Apple has been kind of the the driver of this, where they've really taken design to a completely new level, where it's not it's not an afterthought; it is the product. And we've we've tried to embrace that, I think, to to the maximum extent that we can. And it's I'll tell you, it's very hard to do. You really have to, you know, kind of change your thinking and you know think about things from a new perspective and think about how the you know how the product really interacts in the user's daily life and and how the user is going to interact with the device in a way that's going to be pleasing, right? Uh, so many devices come out and they're difficult or confusing to use, and, and it really hurts It really hurts those products in the market. So we want to rise above that. We really want to you know, be a product in the market where design was a central competitive point that we wanted to tackle. And you definitely nailed it. So for those people out there that aren't great at art, you got to find an awesome co-founder. Is that, that the game plan? And how do you find a great co-founder? That should be the next question. <laughs> Look, there's a million business books that talk about how to find a great co-founder. I'm not really sure. I think there's a ton of advice out there. I think co-founders need to have complementary skill sets that come from different backgrounds and can add different strengths to the team. 
I think also that it, uh, it's important for co-founders to have a good working relationship. I, I got very lucky in the sense that I had worked with my, my former co-founders in previous companies and had worked with them for several years before we decided to start this venture. So we kind of had a feel for each other and we knew uh, where we came from skill set wise. So, you know, and, then, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with being uh, the founder, if you will, of a company. But um, I enjoy the benefit of being able to spread the hard work of starting a company across the three of us versus just having to, to shoulder that myself. Yeah, the fear, the stress, the headaches. And you mentioned business books earlier. Have there been any that have been real influential on you? You know, I have to be honest that I've, I swore off business books for a couple of years and went to fiction. Why? <laughs> uh, really had to do with the previous question you asked me about design. Uh, wanting to sort of open up the creative side of things a little bit more and uh, you know work the left side of the brain. You know, prior, I, I think some of the ones... Uh, I'll tell you, though, I do um, some of the previous ones that uh, previous book that I had in my queue that um, that I really enjoyed were Wikonomics. Uh, you probably read Long Tail and some of the, uh, you know, some of the business change books in the late 2008, 2009, 10 time frame. Super insightful, you know, really, really helping articulate the changes in how, you know, the Internet really is changing, you know, changing the face of business. And then, uh, you know, I do have one, though, that's on my list. I want to read the uh, Brick by Brick, the Lego story. Mainly because I love Legos. Who and, doesn't? Uh, I think I think they have a great story. So that's that's on my read list. Those those sound really good. You guys actually can check those all out at artofthekickstart.com slash audible, free audiobook download. But either way, let's get back to this. Okay, so Leaf, let's go back to your business. Out of the launch round now. So you guys nailed your Kickstarter campaign, close to a quarter of a million dollars. What did you learn? What mistakes did you make? What would you change and do differently? What would you tell other people launching a campaign? Coming off the Kickstarter, what would we, what would I change, or what would I change uh, now looking back? Uh, yeah, now looking back at the Kickstarter campaign, what would you do differently? What could you suggest to other people? Um, it's hard to say that I'd change anything really. I I think that um, we went. You know, Kickstarter is one of those things you should go into, and and you can talk to other people that have run Kickstarters, but until you run one yourself and you get that experience, it's a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of an unknown to it. The Kickstarter campaign that we ran, I, f- I felt was was very good. Some things, though, that I would recommend: build your audience ahead of your Kickstarter. This is something we did, and it was very, very beneficial to us. You know, engage with your prospective customers well in advance of when you think you might run a Kickstarter. It's it's you know, Kickstarter is really not a place where you're going to build uh, build an audience. There's a huge Kickstarter brings a huge community to the table, and you'll you'll you know that's uh, tremendously helpful. But it's also very helpful to have your your own voice behind that. You know, engage. Make sure that you know. Make sure that you are there. Make sure that you're communicating with your backers. Be present because it's a community that really enjoys and looks for that uh, that feedback. Those are all things that I think are really critically important. Would I change anything about the way we ran our campaign? I don't know. I don't know if I would. Yeah, with that kind of success, it's hard to change anything. Might be dangerous. Last question, Leaf. You've been an awesome guest on here. One piece of advice, one parting piece of guidance for other entrepreneurs or inventors that want to build something great and just haven't done it yet. What would you say? Um, if there's someone out there that you know has a great idea, I would say go for it. But and and go for it with your eyes open. Building businesses is hard. You know, it's a difficult road. And you know, I, I've always said I don't I don't believe in luck. I believe in opportunity. That that you create your own luck. That you through hard work will open doors and make good things happen. So if you're you know, you're looking to build a business, don't hesitate, but just go to it, put your shoulder, put the hard work in and create those opportunities. 
don't let the tough times get you down. Be true to your vision. Work hard. You know, the success success is going to come to people that, that do exactly that. Yeah, we create our own luck. And I think you guys are doing it. You're lucky. You're successful. You're doing a great job. Leaf, I want to give you a chance now. You've been an awesome guest on here. You've shared an awesome story that I think people are going to learn a lot from. But now it's your time to shine. Pitch Catch. Why should people check you guys out post-campaign? Where can they find you at? What's the story? So you can find us at www.ca7ch. And I wish I had a great story for the URL. But look, Catch is a great camera. We are focused on bringing people closer together, on enabling you to never miss a moment, to share your life as it happens with your friends and family, and to give you an entirely new world to, an entirely new way to see the world and to communicate. And you can pre-order today. We're accepting pre-orders at the Catch website. Pop on over, check us out, send me an email. Guys, they're friendly, awesome product. Walk a mile in someone else's shoes. You'll get to know them just a little bit better. Thank you so much for coming on today, Leaf. You've been an amazing guest. Best of luck to you. Let me know if I can help. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. Hey, guys. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you liked the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely 